0: Man, I can't believe how time flies. It feels like just yesterday uh, that we had a chat, and uh, now it's time for another one. It is uh, Reef Lords Pod Academy, our seventh episode. Can you believe it? I'm joined, as always, from Reef Lords by Dora Liu. Hello, Dora. How are you doing? Hi,
1: Dave. No complaints at all. It's December. It's festive stuff season so yeah <laughs> <doing great. laughs>
0: it, it is indeed the festive season and uh, i think a lot of people after the year we've had um they're planning holidays vacations getaways so you decided that today we're going to be talking about timeshare and fractional ownership
1: yes um i feel you know it's time of year that people want to um have their holiday mood set and plan vacations or have already planned vacations. And I think timeshare and fractional ownership is something quite relating to property, but at the same time relating to vacation properties.
0: Yeah, because one of the things you, you sort of see when you when you go to these wonderful places and you're home away from home. And you may be a first-time homeowner or whatever. And you can wonder, will I ever be able to get there where I can own a holiday home.
1: Absolutely. Um, I mean, usually holiday homes are in prime destinations and locations and with premium um, facilities and mani- uh, amenities around, like a golf course, nine-hole, eighteen hole, on-site restaurants, you know, concierge, housekeeping services, and entertainment, basically all in one. You know, at the holiday place. So it's a dream place you want to be.
0: Absolutely, it is. So I'm just sitting here as you're talking about this. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of bringing up all these pictures in my mind. But now, one of the things that, that was a big thing a little while ago, um, I don't know if it still is a big thing, but uh, like the, this idea of timeshare. Now, I know my uncle had uh, a timeshare and Basically, what that means is you buy a week or whatever during a year and then you can use that property. Uh, In our example, uh, my uncle actually had bought at Sun City at the vacation club. Um, And so if he couldn't go, then he would sort of would would say to the relatives, uh, you know, would you like to go for the week? And it was absolutely amazing. I mean, that vacation club is brilliant. Um, Who else does that?
1: Now, just a bit of background uh, in terms of timeshare, I think it really dates back 30 years ago in 1970s, 30, 40 years ago in 1970s. And a bunch of affluent travelers actually came up with this brilliant idea of timeshare because they love to travel, but they feel, you know, traveling can cost a lot, especially with accommodation. Right And the facilities that you pay for. So they came up with this idea of timeshare. And basically what it means is that you pay a price for, uh, for the right to use a certain property uh, for a fixed duration, usually a fixed week during a year. All right. So such property is usually a very high value, tangible asset, such as holiday home, a sports car or a yacht. It sounds very luxurious and sounds, you know, kind of impossible for some people to reach. But it's not really impossible because it's really um, costing you a fraction uh, of the of the usual purchase price if you had to buy a holiday home all by yourself. Alright, so like you said, the Sun International Group actually offers timeshare membership um, and your uncle at Sun Vacation Club, uh, they, they, he probably bought the membership for number of years at a price. Uh, you could get, you know, as low as 15,000 or 20,000 uh, per membership for number of years uh, to use the property at the resort uh, for about a week in a year, a designated week in a year. Am I right in saying that, uh, Dave?
0: Um, yes, yes, yes. Sorry, yeah. I was just, as you were saying, I was just thinking, well, how did he, how did he used to work at, yes. So what he did was he'd had it for, I think, five or 10 years and it was a, a fee had to pay.
1: Yeah, so usually... Uh, apart from the fee that you pay for the membership, you also pay certain levies because that's obviously for the maintenance uh, and management of the property and the facilities within the resort.
0: Yes, there was there was that as well. Look, I mean, if you think about it, though, it worked out cheaper uh, doing it that way than actually having to go and stay at one of these, the Sun International hotels or whatever. So it was a yeah. way, a much more affordable way of doing it. The only problem is, you couldn't really sell it.
1: Let's let's look at that way. Uh, so, timeshare is really not an investment product. Um, I would put it as a vacation package. All right. So, if you decide, well, in case that you have bought membership already, chances are you can't freely transfer to a third party without paying certain admin costs or penalties. Uh, some of the groups um, actually buy it back from you, but you're going to probably incur a loss. Um, so that's not a, an investment product. And timeshare doesn't really, you know, earn you any share in the property. You only have the right to use the property. You don't own the property at all. So when you purchase a certain timeshare membership, make sure that you ask uh, about all these costs upfront before committing.
0: Okay, yeah, well, you see, this is, this is one of those things which makes a lot of sense. So, so you know, you're paying for the right to, to go on holiday. It's a vacation yeah. package. That's, that's basically what it is. So you're not ever going to really make money on that. I know there are certain times when you can sort of say, okay, I've got a week of timeshare here and somebody else has got a week of timeshare in another place and, you know, there's a whole thing like that. But it's never your own. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's never, ever going to be your own. Now, this is a problem if, if you're you know, a, a, a property owner and you, you're kind of thinking, yeah, but I'd really like to get my foot in the door and maybe start looking at owning a property. But the problem is a lot of these properties in prime locations are very, very expensive. Do, do we have some way of, of looking at that?
1: So if you want to really tap into ownership of holiday homes without paying such a high cost uh, of the purchase price as well as the maintenance of it, there is a way that you can still own a piece of the property without paying so much. And that is called fractional ownership. Or it is also called syndication ownership. They're basically the same thing. Now, they're very much different from timeshare. Fractional ownership really was introduced in 2006, so it's fairly new comparing to timeshare. Um, And the the definition of fractional ownership is really uh, the collective ownership of a high-value property at an affordable price. So usually uh, the ownership is divided into 13 blocks or modules OK, or 26 blocks or modules uh, depends on the on, on the policy that the seller is putting up. Uh, so why are they dividing into these blocks and modules is that in a year we've got 52 weeks in total. All right. So 13 blocks would actually mean four weeks per module in a year. So you are purchasing that four weeks Uh, of the, uh, of the property, you can use you can stay there. Um, And I will tell you more about the other rights that you have with fractional ownership just now, Uh, but per module probably uh, entitles you to four weeks. Okay, Um, and then the average price in South Africa at the moment for fractional ownership is between 300,000 to 475,000. In total okay but it, it's it's a lot more expensive than timeshare but you are actually owning a share of the property
0: okay now w- when we talk about that though dora just a just a quick thing so a fractional ownership is a group of people who come together to now chip in their money to buy this, this property. And then when it gets divided up, you said sometimes it's divided up into like 13 blocks or 13 modules. Does this mean 13 people um, would buy into that property?
1: Correct. Correct. You're absolutely right. (laughs) Yeah, so imagine, because now the purchase price then is divided into that 13 blocks or modules. But you can't really use the purchase price to divide by 13 to get your uh, fractional ownership, because that part of the uh, purchase price of fractional ownership is usually inflated. So. you know, let's say um, if you divide the purchase price by 13, um, that price is usually lower than what, uh, what is asked for, for fractional ownership. So it's a bit inflated. And uh, yes, the costs are also splitted uh, amongst the, the 13 owners. So that makes it a lot more affordable. And you still okay.
0: enjoy the premium, you know, facilities. All right. And then I guess you would you would sort of have to say, look, I'm, I want to invest in this property, but uh, uh, because I'm sure everybody would want December. And then closely behind that, everybody would want the Easter holidays. You know, you, you, you're going to have to, I think it would depend on your lifestyle. If you were just a couple, um, you wouldn't have to worry about school holidays and things like that. Or do they have a yep. way of working around this? I'm sure they must have.
1: Well, so look, um, it really depends on when when your four weeks actually fall within the year. So like you said, if it's, it, it's falling uh, in Easter week or December holiday weeks, then obviously the price is going to be a bit higher because of the demand right? And the value of the property. But if you are um, purchasing four weeks in, let's say, February or August or September, then you are looking at um, substantially lower purchase price for the fractional ownership. So, it really depends on the time and the season.
0: Okay. Now, in, in terms of that, so now I've now decided this is the thing for me, and I've now, um, I'm going to do my, my investment there. I've got my four weeks. What then? I mean, because yeah. it, it's almost like timeshare, but more expensive. It, there must be benefits to it. So, so what are some of those?
1: Yeah, you, you're entitled, like you said, you're entitled to much or well, many more uh, rights that you can enjoy, right? For example, um, if in case that you can't stay at the property, for those four weeks that you've uh, purchased, you can actually sell it to a third party. You can rent it to a third party, excuse me, to receive income. And usually that process is uh, managed by agencies. For example, they've got a pool of availability of the property that they can put on the system to sell to anybody that doesn't really own the property. And similar concept to Airbnb, if you get what I'm saying. So, okay. you can actually
0: earn income, yeah. All right, okay. And I've actually experienced this before because people I know have got one of these uh, fractional titles and they then, during the course of the year, they have to tell the agent when they are going to go and when they're not going to go. And then for the rest of the time, um, they can rent it out to other people. And I've actually okay. rented out places like that for a week or two, whatever the case may be. Um, yeah. So yeah, very very much like an Airbnb, except this is an investment. You you physically have an investment in property. So Correct. what does that mean, though? I mean, d- d- does your investment can it can it grow?
1: Yeah, well, like you said, it's an investment product, so definitely the value uh, increases, right? Well, I, 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 wouldn't, you know, put my head on the block to say the value different uh, de- definitely increases, but if the property value increases, your owner um, ownership value will likely increase as well proportionately. Okay, so this is an investment product, like you said, and you may sell your fractional ownership to another purchaser at a profit. Uh, But because bear in mind that this is a travel or tourism industry and any, you know, increase or um, profits are depending on the performance of the industry. Okay, it really depends a lot. depends largely on the industry climates. For example, we are now amid COVID-19 pandemic, and the tourism market has been really struggling during the hard lockdown uh, from March till, I think, July, right? So that industry was struggling, and the chances of having that property value increase is very unlikely.
0: Okay, but I mean, then it's, yeah. it's like that, I, I guess, with, with most properties. Property is not a short-term investment.
1: Uh, yes. Property
0: is a longer-term investment. So, Correct. even though the values may have dropped over the longer term, property does appreciate.
1: Yeah, but, well, um, on the other hand, the uh, market is picking up phenomenally. Uh, in in the domestic market for for tourism and all these um, holiday homes, uh, the trend is picking up again uh, because there's no interprovincial uh, restrictions on traveling, so which makes the market uh, uh, you know a bit more trending at the moment.
0: Mm, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm just thinking about this now, and I'm thinking. For for, for for people that are in it now, that might be a great way to 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 generate some cash during this time because you know you can say, listen, South Africans, let's do this, let's do that. The question then, Dora, is if you now are a fractional owner, so you've you've got your your weeks or whatever, but obviously the property can't move around. So the property is put somewhere and we'll we'll discuss hopefully where, where some of those prime locations are say you don't want to go there say you've got a you've invested in a beachfront property and you suddenly decide but i'd like to go to the bushveld. surely that's a problem because i know with timeshare you can swap out your timeshare can you do a similar thing with these, these fractional ownerships
1: yeah you can swap um, as well with um, affiliated properties so some of the you know um, Groups, hotel chains, uh, such as Legacy uh, Group or toko uh, San, they will allow you to swap your weeks with um, other properties, subject to the owner's acceptance. So if you've got, like you said, in beachfront, um, and then you you want to go to the bushveld, and the agent will assist you in finding that homeowner or uh, that uh, fractional owner and just to you know, sort of negotiate whether they want to go, they want to swap. And if they do accept that, then you can go to the other property for free because you're swapping. And one thing mm. to bear in mind, y'all, one thing you can bear in mind is that uh, if you are committing yourself to fractional ownership, do, do a bit of background study to understand whether they have a strong affiliation program. So that will mean that it opens up many, many more options for you locally and even internationally. All right. If you've got a very strong uh, affiliation chain.
0: This is beginning to sound better and better. Um, you know, I mean, wow, we can then look at people. We can go, oh, oh, Yes. Okay, but now there's there's got to be some some downsides, or there's got to be some some. I mean, you know, it can't be as good as it looks. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. what do we need to be aware of if we if we're looking at this this fractional ownership model?
1: Yeah. So the other side of the coin, obviously, you know, is not as um, honky-dory as the previous ones that you know I've addressed. Uh, firstly you're going to have cash in hand to purchase fractional ownership because there are no banks in South Africa at the moment that offer mortgage bond for fractional ownership. So that is one, uh, you know, the foremost um, concern or, or consideration that you have to um, put, put up front. And uh, there are other ways to do it. You know, say, for instance, you get... A a bunch of people like 12 other people to join a new company and as the company, you purchase the whole title of the holiday home and you sort of just split the share between the shareholders. That's another way to look at it, but it's a very cumbersome process because the bank is going to assess the company's affordability or the financials and et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's a very cumbersome process if you take that route. The easiest way, obviously, is to have um, cash ready in hand. Um, and that, obviously, is going to affect your cash flow. So that's one thing you really need to look at.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, as you mentioned earlier on, you know, fractional ownership, you're running... 300,000 Rand plus, you know, and, and, and it can go up and up depending on, on the property. But where this would make sense to me is if you are um, a property owner and you've now decided that you're going to start uh, investing in properties and renting them out, this might be a good way to put some money aside and then buy one of these, these fractional ownerships because then, you know, you've got an investment in a higher value pro- uh, property. But you've also got a place to go on holiday,
1: mm, of course. Okay, and yeah, so but but then you know how nice those resorts are, how um, the facilities must be maintained. Top notch maintenance is needed, but that also means there is a high levy cost involved. Although you are splitting between the thirteen or twelve other owners, you um, you still are liable for for the levy cost and the levy cost can increase uh, annually um, you know or uh, maintain on the same level whatever the case might be levy has to be paid uh, on an annual basis i think most Ooh, okay of them. so yeah definitely you need to consider that
0: but if if somebody's now wanting to to look into this this fractional ownership Is there there any sort of regulatory body? Because at the moment, I mean, banks are not really keen on it. There's high uh, maintenance, you know, there's there's very little, from what I understand, uh, very little regulation.
1: Yeah, you 100% uh, regulations, governance on um, fractional ownership is very limited at the moment in South Africa. Uh, but obviously, fractional owners need to seek for protections uh, for their interests, right? So there is a governing body or association called SAFI, S-A-A-F-I stands for South African Association of Fractional Intermediaries. So when you are purchasing um, these type of fractional um, homes, you're gonna ask your agent whether he or she is registered with this association, uh, just to have a peace of mind for yourself.
0: Yeah, that would make that would make a lot of sense to me. Um, in terms of 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 where these kind of properties are located, what what are some popular locations? I mean, timeshare and fractionals, I guess, would be almost you know, the, in terms of desirability, almost similar places.
1: Yeah. So there are these type of memberships and fractional ownerships all across South Africa. And the most popular or hotspots uh, of of these schemes are definitely in Cape Town, Garden Route, uh, North and South Coastal line of KZN, Drakensberg, and the National Parks. I think these are some of the the most popular locations in South Africa right now for timeshare and fractional ownership.
0: Ooh, as you're saying that, I can I can think of, of being at the coast for a little while, and then in the next breath, I'm thinking the Drakensberg is beautiful right? at this time of the year. It's Dora, awesome, this is not yeah. fair. You, you're making me want to go away. You're making me want to go on vacation.
1: <laughs> and this is what this episode is all about, setting the right mood for holiday.
0: Oh mm. Yeah. Well, you know what? (laughs) Those of us who can afford it and those of us who made a plan, I think it's a fantastic time to go uh, away and have a bit of a vacation. But just to to wrap up, in order for you to look at a way to get away, timeshare, fractional ownership, they both seem to be really nice ways of securing a little piece of paradise for yourself um, at an affordable price. The one, I think the most important thing from this particular episode though is be aware you know if if you're going to go into timeshare that basically what you're doing there is you're paying for a week of vacations for however long i think that's what that's what you're doing if you're going with that mindset uh, that's not going to grow your money necessarily whereas fractional ownership is an investment with the potential of growing your money
1: Correct. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Did you enjoy this episode, Dave? No. Because
0: you just made me jealous and you made me want to go on holiday. No, I think, listen, I think I think, in terms of, of of the timing of this episode and, you know, everybody's getting into this uh, holiday mood and getting ready for it. I think this was a brilliant, brilliant topic. And, and I was excited because I know a bit about timeshare, but this fractional ownership thing is just, it sounds fascinating to me. Um, yes. And I just, I think it could be big in South Africa uh if if banks and and the government and everything just caught up with us a little bit uh, so absolutely we will be there but if you are listening to this podcast uh we sincerely hope that uh we've set a bit of a holiday mood for you um and you're not going to be a grinch like me uh, and you're going to be very positive like dora uh <laughs> dora before we wrap up uh any questions what do, what do we do if somebody wants to contact you guys
1: Yeah, so we've recently received many questions about um, all the topics that we've spoken about in our episodes. So if you have any question related to this particular topic um, on timeshare and fractional ownership, feel free to drop us an email on Catherine at reflores.co.za C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E at reflores.co.za or you can just post on our Facebook page, Refloods Property Development, um, and yeah, we wish you a safe and wonderful holiday. See you in the new year.
0: Wonderful stuff. Thank you, Dora. And and from my side, just the fact that you guys have done this and you're doing so well, you haven't bragged yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna brag. I've, I see that people are downloading uh, this this Reef Lords podcast. Uh, in about 12 countries at the moment Uh, we started out thinking was just going to be for south africa Uh, you already gone over a thousand downloads and uh, things are really really looking good on that side so well done to you guys, obviously delivering a service that people are interested in and keen to learn more about. So uh, to you guys, the whole Reef Lords team, to, from the listeners and from myself, we wish you a great festive season. And uh, I look forward to chatting in the new year because it's going to be one of those things again. I'm. It's kind of going to be Christmas and then New Year and then I'm going to be talking to you again. But then we can catch up. So I look forward to that. So there we go. That's Dora Lou from Reef Lords. Dora, all the best. And uh, we'll chat to you very, very soon.
1: Thank you, Dave. Same to you.
0: And to each and every one of you, have a wonderful festive season. And thank you for listening.